0: Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 34 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the Gospel of John, chapter 12, in which we see Jesus determined to fulfill the mission that God gave him to accomplish. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version, because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read John chapter 12. Let's get started. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Passover was nearing, and so was Jesus' death on the cross. Six days before Passover, on a Saturday night, Jesus and his disciples were having an evening meal, at the home of Mary and Martha, and among those reclining at the table with Jesus and his disciples was Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Martha was serving the meal. As was the custom, the supper guests reclined rather than sat at the table, and their feet were away from the table. Mary entered the room and brought with her perfume. The perfume was spikenard, and it was a very costly perfume. She had a whole pound of it. It was fairly costly, almost the amount of an entire year's wage for the average hard laborer. She was using it all up on Jesus. She was anointing Jesus' feet with it, and Mary wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. The smell of the perfume filled the entire house. Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' disciples, complained that she was wasting money and that she could have given the money to the poor. Let's, let us examine the context here. Various people supported Jesus' ministry that no doubt also benefited his disciples. In Luke chapter 8 verses 1 to 3, we read about Jesus and his supporters, quote, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. Mary and Martha were likely among those who shared in Jesus' ministry. They appeared to be wealthy but very generous. They opened their home to Jesus and his disciples, and they were now providing Jesus and his disciples with a fine meal. Martha was serving them, and Mary was lavishing Jesus with perfume on his feet, and in this context, Judas complains that Mary should have sold this expensive perfume and given the money to the poor. Despite Judas' statement, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were faithful followers of Jesus. The Bible points out that Judas was not really concerned about the poor. He only thought of himself. Judas was the custodian of the disciples' money box, and he was a thief and stole money from the gifts to Jesus' ministry. Jesus told Judas to leave Mary alone, Jesus said she was doing this to prepare Jesus for his burial. Mary may have been doing this out of her great love for Jesus and gratitude that he had raised her brother, Lazarus, from the dead. On the other hand, she may have been the only one or one of only a few who realized that Jesus was about to die. One of the terms Jesus used to refer to himself was the phrase, Son of Man. In Mark chapter 8 verses 31 to 33, we read that Jesus started to teach his disciples, quote, that the Son of Man must suffer many things, and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. In Mark chapter 9, verses 31 to 32, we read that Jesus, taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. End quote. Then for a third time we read of another occasion in which Jesus told his disciples he would die and rise on the third day. Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 10 verses 32 to 34. Quote, Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to him. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles, and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again." Even as blunt as Jesus was, they did not seem to get it. Further, this idea that Jesus said he was going to die and rise on the third day was known even by Jesus' enemies, the chief priests and the Pharisees. After Jesus died, they went to Pilate for permission to secure Jesus' tomb because they knew that Jesus had said he would rise on the third day. Matthew Chapter 27, verses 62 to 66 says, On the next day, which followed the day of preparation, the chief priest and Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember, while he was still alive, how that deceiver said, After three days I will rise. Therefore command that the tomb be made secure until the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead, so the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go your way. Make it as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone and setting the guard." End quote. Mary may have been one of those who really took Jesus seriously that he was going to die and be raised on the third day. Jesus said, leave her alone. Jesus said she had saved this perfume for Jesus' burial. Jesus said, you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me with you. John chapter 12, verses 7 to 8. Jesus was saying here, there will be another will be other opportunities to heal the poor, but this will be your one and only opportunity to prepare my body for burial. In John chapter 12, verse 9, we read that Judas had already begun to turn from following Jesus to following the devil. Judas was showing he loved money more than he loved Jesus. Judas' sin of stealing contributed to him becoming more and more enslaved to sin. Judas was already letting the devil rule his life by being a thief. Sin leads to slavery to sin. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 34, quote, Most certainly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is the bondservant of sin. Quote. In John chapter 12, verse 9, we see that some of the people at Mary and Martha's home had come not only to see Jesus, but to see Lazarus whom Jesus had raised from the dead. The chief priests were not only conspiring to kill Jesus, but to also kill Lazarus because the miracle of Lazarus' resurrection was persuading people to believe in Jesus. See John chapter 12, verses 10 through 11. Next, the Gospel of John records Jesus' entry into Jerusalem on what we now call Palm Sunday. The people welcomed Jesus to Jerusalem as the King of Israel. See John chapter 12, verses 12 to 19. Jesus came to Jerusalem and was greeted with people with palm branches and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Their statement here is similar to what we find in Psalm 118, verses 25 to 26, which says, Quote, Save us now, we beg you, Yahweh. Yahweh, we beg you. Send prosperity now. Blessed is he who comes in Yahweh's name. Zechariah prophesied that the king of Israel would come on a donkey's colt. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, quote, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king comes to you. He is righteous. "...and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey." People who had heard about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead greeted Jesus with palm branches. See John chapter 12, verses 17 to 18. The Pharisees then murmured that they were accomplishing nothing in stopping people from following Jesus. They said the world has gone after him. See John chapter 12, verse 19. Philip was one of Jesus' 12 apostles. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the feast of the Passover that knew Philip, uh, came to Philip, and these Greeks came to Philip seeking to see Jesus. We are not told why they wanted to see Jesus. Then Philip and Andrew went and told Jesus that some Greeks were wanting to see Jesus. Sometimes Jesus has the habit of not answering questions or requests like we would expect him to. Jesus' response to Philip and Andrew when they told him of the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus was as follows. Jesus said it was time for Jesus to be glorified by dying and losing his life. Giving his life would result in much fruit. Those who follow Jesus must be willing to suffer and die and live with eternal values in mind, and not just temporal values. In John chapter 12, verses 23 to 26, Jesus said, He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him, quote. John chapter 12, verses 25 to 26. We are not told whether Philip and Andrew passed this message on to the Greeks. If they did, then the Greeks would have had a start in following Jesus if they had obeyed Jesus' words here. To follow Jesus, we must serve Jesus even to the point of death. Those who wish to follow Jesus must be willing to suffer and die for Jesus like he died for us. See John chapter 12 verses 24 to 25. We must die to temporal things and focus on eternal things. We need to be focused on serving Christ rather than loving this world. In John chapter 12 verses 27 to 30, Jesus' soul is described as being troubled. Jesus so was troubled concerning the suffering and death he was about to endure. We are not told what troubled Jesus. Was it the fear of what he was about to suffer and endure? Or was he troubled at the temptation he may have been facing not to do God's will? We know that Jesus was tempted in always we are tempted yet without sin. Even though Jesus always obeyed God the Father, he had to struggle with temptation. Obeying God is not always easy. We must struggle with God's help to overcome temptation and obey God. Despite Jesus being troubled, Jesus prayed that God would be glorified. See John chapter 12, verses 27 to 28. Jesus was determined to obey God the Father and fulfill the mission God sent him to do, whatever the cost to himself. God answered Jesus from heaven. God said he had glorified his name and would do it again. Those around Jesus heard God speak to Jesus, but did not discern what was being said. Some just thought it thundered, and others thought an angel spoke to Jesus. Jesus may have been the only one who knew what God said, but he says that the sound they heard was for them, not for Jesus. See John chapter 12, verses 29 to 30. Besides God being glorified in Jesus' sufferings, God was also at work in that the world was going to be judged and the ruler of this world would be cast outside. And when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he would draw all men to himself. This is how Jesus said this about the voice from heaven. Quote, this voice hasn't come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now is a judgment of this world. Now the prince of this world will be cast out, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. But he said this signifying about what kind of death he should die, John chapter 12, verses 30 to 33. The reaction of the crowd was that they had heard from God's law that the Christ remains forever. So they asked, Who is the Son of Man? In fact, the Son of Man is referred to as being the Messiah in uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13, and that his kingdom is forever. So they believe that the Messiah would live forever. And so the Son of Man Jesus was talking about, and the Messiah could not be the same in their minds. Daniel associated the Messiah with the Son of Man. See Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. When they asked Jesus who the Son of Man was that he was talking about, Jesus responded by telling them that they have a limited time to walk in the light, and if they don't, then darkness will overcome them. Those who walk in darkness do not know where they are going. See John chapter 12, verses 35 to 36. Even though Jesus did all these miracles and signs, many people rejected him. However, some of the rulers believed in Jesus, but they would not confess their faith in Jesus because they were afraid of being put out of the synagogue. They loved men's praise more than God's praise. Jesus taught that those who believe in Jesus believe in God the Father who sent Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus have eternal life and are no longer in spiritual darkness. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.